We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. KC Laboratory. Sponsored by Emprise Bank. It's the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank. Find a bank that doesn't flag you for holding. In fact, they'll reward you for it. Just don't tell the refs. Earn 1.75% annual percentage yield. That's APY for you folks. On your monthly balance with a high interest checking account at Emprise Bank. Visit EmpriseBank.com. Member FDIC. Uh, big supporter here at KCSN. We're so appreciative of them and what they've done uh, for this fine program. And uh, you know what? You know who else has done a lot for this fine program? My two pals who decided to match today for a live version of the KC Laboratory. First, find him on Twitter at BarleyHop because his alter ego. He did ask for it. The big institution on Twitter asked for us to lead with him. Craig Stout, what's good? Yeah, that's not me. And thanks for the five seconds of fame. Uh, with us, <laughs> as always, is my good pal, Matthew Lane. You can find him on Twitter at Chief in Carolina. Buddy, how we doing today? I, mean, I am doing great. I, I very much enjoy that Kent sent it over to you first because you did request that to be done, you know, on Twitter. Well, your <laughs> alter ego requested that to be done on Twitter. But no. I'm excited. I like doing live shows. I tried to get everybody to go live after last week's preseason game. And unfortunately, life got in the way for, you know, those of you that have newborns. It's like you guys are busy or something. I know it's a wild, but I, I like being live with you guys. I like letting our fans come in and hang out with us, especially because it clearly made Kent a little nervous when he came in for that intro. Like, you know, he, he, he felt the pressure. Hollywood hop has been on TV numerous times. Kent Hollywood Swanson wasn't ready for it. I look, we are working. This, this is all this live work that we're doing right now is valuable. They're valuable reps. It's the preseason. Like we are getting ready for the season because maybe there will be a lot of live in your future, uh, perhaps on this very fine channel that we are working on. So we're working out the kinks on some stuff. We're trying to get used to some things. The video intro, there's some timing stuff. I, I didn't know if you guys could hear me. I wasn't sure if you could hear me because of the timing of this thing. So I just had to kind of stumble over my words really quickly and just speed through. It's the KC laboratory. I'm sorry. I'm we're, we're in preseason form. Uh, you know, we're working some things out here. There's still time and there's still time for your Kansas city chiefs to get ready for the regular season. They have one more game that we're here to talk about against the Minnesota Vikings. Finally a game at home. 
It's going to be a lot of fun. And it sounds, Maddie, like we are going to get to see the starters this week. Yeah, and so when you have what Andy Reid kind of came out of nowhere and surprised a lot of us, especially me, because I had been informed that the Chiefs were not going to play their starters by my lovely two co-hosts here. They pulled the long con on me and made sure that I believed that no more starters were going to play. And I fell for it. This This is the last time I trust these guys. I mean, look at these faces. They're trustable guys. So I thought. So now we have Andy Reid coming out saying that they're going to play the ones through the first half. I mean, first of all, I don't believe that for a second. I don't know about (laughs) you guys. I don't see Patrick Mahomes making it out of two drives at the absolute most. I I think Mike Zimmer for the Vikings even came out and said he plans on playing most of his starters, except for insert list that's like 13 players long. (laughs) So like I, these coaches are saying they're going to play guys. I don't think they will. I think you guys probably are on my side there, but at least you get the hope going into tomorrow night's game that they are going to play some of the you know starters, some of the guys we're really excited to see. Yeah, I, I think that anybody that's kind of nursing an injury for the Chiefs is obviously not playing. That means Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Daryl Williams, nah, ain't playing. Frank Clark, nah, ain't playing. Derek Nottie did practice this week, but you know what? You might just be cautious with him. Uh, Tyreek Hill, man, don't, don't play him. Like, I mean... Don't play anybody that could pick up a knock. And frankly, I am of the, you know, the the side that doesn't think that any of these guys should be playing. Frankly, they should, they should, they should all be sitting and getting healthy, making sure that they're healthy for week one. But I do want to highlight one group that I do think that this helps and that this matters for. I'm fine with seeing this offensive line get some more snaps together. If those five guys want to go out there and play you know, well into the second quarter, even if they get all the way to halftime, I'm fine with that. Just because it's five brand new guys, they're all going to play together. That rotation is not going to change, barring injury, which knock on wood, they get none in this game. But I do think that getting Creed Humphrey more comfortable, calling the fronts, getting everybody used to his cadences and everything like that as he's picking stuff up and adjusting, I I think I'm I, I am absolutely fine with that offensive line playing as much as Andy Reid wants to play him with the starters. Well, it's two weeks until the the regular season starts. So you can't go, I don't think, three weeks. And it makes sense. You can't go three weeks, I don't think, without your starters getting meaningful snaps. That's a pretty big gap there. And so I think it's it's nice that, you know, the Chiefs are, you know, you know, they're they're getting some work in, I think. I think it makes a little bit of sense. And this is a you know, we've talked about this all preseason and it bears repeating. It's a anytime this offensive line and Patrick Mahomes can get through the mechanics of the game, get out there, full speed, communication, all those, those are all buzzwords, but they're all, it's all true. It's all true. They need this time to get, you know, working to, to try to be as close to, you know, ready for, for the season in week one as they possibly can without straining too much. A little bit of strain ain't bad. Um, you know, there's some, there's some lines of thinking, and I know some coaches, what they like to do with the last time you're going to see, the starters, which would be this week, obviously, because the preseason's off at this week, is they like to run the entirety of the first half, and then go through, um, go through uh, the halftime routine. Maybe make a few adjustments, a few fake adjustments. Uh, maybe you know, hey, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna do this. We're gonna mix this up. They're gonna spring something on these guys or something like that at halftime, just to kind of get them used to some of that. Maybe come out for a series afterwards, and then that's it. Now that's kind of gone by the wayside a little bit more. The last couple of years, teams have been very more mindful and cognizant of load management when it comes to preseason games and really mitigating those risks. 
Um, but I don't think it's an accident that Andy Reid teams start hot. And I think our guy, his Dirkness alluded that alluded to that earlier this week. And I, I've 100% agreed with that sentiment forever. It's Andy Reid. They strain, they work really hard in their training camps. They go out, they let their starters play. They're not afraid to let their starters play. And then they come out and pants everybody the first four weeks of the season. <laughs> and everybody finally catches up, you know, mid season and gives them a little bit of a challenge, but the chiefs start hot for a reason. And I think it's part of the way in the process that Andy Reid's operated with historically, Maddie. And like Craig was saying, this year, more than any other year, you're having a lot of turnover at a pivotal position like the offensive line. So getting those five guys out there, and it does you no good to get rookies, Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, and Lucas Niang, let's just call him a rookie, reps just with those three and not with the rest of the starting mm-hmm. offensive line. Like it right. just, that doesn't help Creed Humphrey to go out there and play not next to Joe Tooney and have everybody else rolling together. So it makes a lot of sense from that regard even with the wide receivers that are looking to be starters or guys that are going to play a huge role, they need to keep getting these live reps. I do think it's beneficial. I know it's a big thing for analytics so far, this kind of off season to be looking at, there's a lot of teams that are playing less and less starters throughout the preseason over the past three to four years, this year being kind of the biggest dip in a long time in the term amount of starters are playing. I don't, the chiefs aren't following that. And I kind of like it for now until it starts to correlate to more injuries, like by all means go this route, but I'm excited to see the offensive line. I'm excited to see some of these guys like Doris Fountain go out there and try to earn a roster spot. I want to see Mike Hughes and Deandre Baker continue to battle it out to see who's going to be cornerback three. Like there's some exciting stuff out there to see. So I'm just going to ask you right off the bat, what is the one thing that you were most excited to see about this game, Greg? Oh man, let's uh, let's uh, most excited. One uh, thing, get listen. Special teams. I, I, I'll just go <laughs> there. No, I really will because I think that I think that by and right. large the, the rosters, the special teams expert. <laughs> <laughs> I think by and large the the roster spots are settled on offense and defense. I I think that there are very few positions that like you can really see a guy you know, enter the conversation on offense or defense. I think they've mostly got those depth charts set. I think the spots where they really can have some positions where they win is on special teams. Like I, Dave Tobe is constantly evaluating these guys. We we've hammered on that for years now that Dave Tobe gets basically the bottom of this roster for his special team squad. So these guys are having to try out every single week. It's why when you see Dave Tobe talk negatively about somebody, you get a lot of questions. I mean, it, Marcus Robinson is probably not going anywhere. Let's 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 go ahead and put that out there. Don't get me wrong. Well, I tell you where he's he, not going to return to punts. Return. Yeah, <laughs> to return any more punts. But a guy like Jody Fortson, who would have maybe struggled to make this team as a fourth tight end, just because of a numbers game, not not a, anything to do with talent, just numbers game. Dave Tobe coming out and praising him speaks volumes for his inclusion on the 53-man roster. There's a couple of spots in that secondary. DiCaprio Boodle, Zane Anderson, you know, Devin Key, Armani Watts. You've even got Dorian O'Daniel. Guys like that that are established veterans that have been on this team for special teams purposes maybe are still competing when their spot. Maybe we'll see. You know, So I do think that those are the snaps that genuinely matter in this, in this final preseason game because those are the ones that I think could shift the, you know, the, the way that this team is built just, just a little bit. The roster construction is going to be more fascinating than I thought it was a month ago because I think the introduction of a guy like Jody Fortson you know, I think they're they're keeping four tight ends if they keep Jody Fortson. I really believe that. And For Marcus sure. Kemp's addition 
uh, into the 53 man roster. Like those are, you know, two players that really, I don't know, they, they really make things a lot interest, a lot more interesting uh, with a guy like, you know, Dorian O'Dane, all these decisions, it's going to be really interesting because normally it feels like well-established veterans have a very, you know, good shot bottom of the roster well-established veterans. They seem to hold on to these guys very long. Garrick Dieter's had nine lives uh, here in Kansas city. And, you know, he's not necessarily always on the 53, but it's that same kind of sentiment. Marcus Kemp's hung around. And now he's finally getting a shot and it looks like he's, you know, maybe maximize it and might make this football team. But, um, you know, seeing some young guys kind of in the mix along with very established veterans, you know, like Dorian O'Daniel from a roster construction perspective, perspective, not defensive snaps perspective, because it's very right. few and far. Big. They basically have to be playing the Ravens and it has to be a passing situation. I think that's really the that's the Dorian O'Daniel role. Uh, but yeah, it's, hey, it, Texans too. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. My apologies. I forgot the Texans too. Uh, but yeah, like it, it's uh, there's maybe a little bit more uncertainty there, and it's going to be a big week. It's the last chance for all these guys to make a case. Uh, you know, Maddie, I want to hear something that you're excited or to watch uh, here this upcoming uh, this upcoming game. I've tried to put up my guard. I've tried to be defensive. I tried to close my heart, but I can't do there it. Doris Fountain. I am ready for him to come out with 78 yards and a touchdown, a highlight touchdown. We're, we're going up and over some poor schmuck of a cornerback that's playing for the third string Minnesota Vikings. He's going up over the top, toe tapping on the way down. It's going to make the rounds on ESPN and NFL Network. Chiefs fans like myself are going to be doing backflips, attempting to across their living room floor just to find out he won't make the roster a couple days from now. But for because those of special days, teams. Because of special teams. For those few days, we will be riding a high. (laughs) We will be demanding yet again that this preseason star of a wide receiver makes this team in place of somebody who can't catch a pass to save his life, and he won't. But that's okay. I've decided to love again. Doris Fountain, I'm pulling for you. (laughs) Maddie is looking forward to Doris Fountain dunking specifically on Chris Boyd. That's you heard the man. Oh, yeah, specifically sure. on Chris Boyd. Maddie's looking forward to that as much as I would look forward to our good pals at Macadoodles hey. joining us in Kansas City or wherever you are in your neck of the woods. Listen, I've talked about it. I talk about it often. You guys go there now, which is awesome. Keep sending those tweets. Keep sending those messages in the Discord. I, everybody who comes out of there has nothing but positive things to say about Macadoodles. The selection is awesome. The prices are great. And the customer service is elite. Just like that Doris Fountain touchdown over Chris Boyd is going to be in this game. So please, 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 if you are a franchisee, get a hold of Roger at info at macadoodles.com. Get one to Kansas City. Get one in wherever your neck of the woods is. You will not regret it. Just like the Chiefs wouldn't regret it if they added Therese Fountain to their 53-man roster after this week. KC needs a Macadoodles, and they need one more fountain. Let's go. Oh, (laughs) yes. Do you know what they didn't think they needed? Another cornerback. Bashad Breeland makes his return to Kansas City in a different jersey one of the bigger storylines one of the one of the conversations that has been had you know this offseason uh was the Bashad Breeland conversation do they bring him back do they not 
Uh, he sat out in free agency all the way into June. The Chiefs didn't bring him back. They elected to roll with their young corners. I'll be honest with you, Maddie. They might have done the right thing. <laughs> oh, they absolutely did. I mean, I've gone on record saying Bashad Breeland was the best cornerback for the Chiefs to their Super Bowl run, especially in the playoffs. I felt really good about him last year. I know he had some ups and downs, but I still thought he was playing as, you know, the better of their two starting quote unquote outside cornerbacks. Obviously, Legarius Sneed was better, but I thought Breeland was really good. But man, through these first two preseason games, what we've seen from Mike Hughes from DeAndre Baker has been fantastic. I mean, you're getting younger guys that are going to be cheaper, that are going to be more of a long-term solution for the Chiefs and been playing equally as well as you could hope Bashad Breland does. Let's go. Like, that is another one of the one of the things I'm writing about for the KCSN, you know, game preview or primer going into this Vikings game is unsettled position battles. And one of them is that cornerback three spot. And Mike Hughes has gotten all the run with the one so far. DeAndre Baker hasn't yet but I felt like he has been more impressive from the reps that I've seen. So just I'm excited to see both those guys go out there and see if someone can really start to stand out. I'm actually pulling for DeAndre Baker right now, but if it's my cues, I mean, I'm not upset by that. He's looked good. So like, I am very excited to see these two guys versus this, you know, uh, decrepit Minnesota Vikings wide receiver group because they are missing their two best guys. It doesn't sound like Justin Jefferson or Adam Thielen are going to play. So they might not be challenged a ton, but I'm still excited to go out there and see them. Amir Smith Marset plays for this team, sir. <laughs> this uh, there could be some fireworks, a little bit, maybe. I said receiver, not, not running back. Wow, oh, man, Nate Tice, cover your ears, buddy. Um, I like him. I like him coming out. Yeah, I I do think that the Chiefs probably made the right move. I know we all had questions about this group, and we did right up until preseason week one when we got to see Mike Hughes and DeAndre Baker in person you know, against an opponent. And all of a sudden we went, oh, okay, that's the why. So I'm very curious to see if they just give those guys the majority of the reps. You know, I listen, we know what Legereus Need is. Uh, he, he is the blue chip talent at cornerback for this team. And he is the guy that you want to hit your wagon to going forward. Charvarius Ward also has an excellent preseason so far. He, he's tackling well in space. He's played very physical. He looks really good, you know, playing at the line of scrimmage and not being too grabby. Like everybody kind of remembers him maybe in the Super Bowl last year. I just think both of those guys have looked really good when you get to the second team and it's Rashad Fenton and it's, you know, uh, Mike Hughes as your base cornerbacks. Then you kick into the nickel. You have DeAndre Baker there. I want to see those three guys because I think that those three guys are kind of your future going forward. And if you're handing the job to Mike Hughes, you're obviously seeing DeAndre Baker and Rashad Fenton in practice every single week. But this might be the last opportunity that you really get to see them against live opponents for the next little while, obviously, barring injury. So I want to see as many snaps as possible for those guys because they're young talents that the Chiefs can have some sort of contract and roster control over if they decide that they need to move on from Traverius Ward or, you know, just want to retain some young guys. You need to find that out. This might be the last true time that you get to see it before, you know, maybe some emergency situations. Craig, quick question before Kent goes. On mm -hmm. a scale from one to Patrick Mahomes, how likely is DiCaprio Boodle to threaten Rashad Fenton's rotation in the DB room? He's not. 
He's not. And as much as I love DiCaprio Boodle, and as much as DiCaprio Boodle has gotten some special team snaps, I, I think Rashad Fenton knows the system so well. Steve Spagnolo implicitly trusts him in that slot corner role. And Rashad Fenton actually kind of a decent little returner as well. I mean, we've seen glimpses of that over the years. So as you know, as much as I love my guy DiCaprio Bootleg, we're wearing red for him. You know, Kent didn't get the memo, but the the other two of us are wearing red for that former Corn Husker. But I I don't think he makes the roster, unfortunately. Yeah, thanks for telling me, guys. <laughs> I, you know what? I didn't know there was a separate DM going, but that's okay. I thought we were a group. <laughs> uh, kind of piggybacking on DiCaprio Boodle, I think, and it's Boodle, Craig. Uh, I think it's worth monitoring if there's just some surprise defensive player in the first quarter that you see get in rotation because Ooh. that's an interesting sign there. If if we all of a sudden Zane Anderson's playing in the first quarter uh, or if Zane Anderson's playing on special teams and then playing in the first quarter with the defense, you might want to you might want to take note of that because mm-hmm. those are the little things that I find very interesting is you know, it kind of feels like some guys sneaking. Like I think Treshawn Wharton snuck in there a little bit early last year. Uh, when, you know, in some of those late, you know, those last dress rehearsal kind of rotation, I feel like he got a few, you know, there's situations like that. Pay attention to those situations, uh, on, uh, on Friday night, because those are, those are definitely worth monitoring. They're not wasting anybody's time. They're not wasting chemistry's time because chemistry is important, uh, you know, in a lot of different scenarios. So anybody that's building chemistry or getting an opportunity to build chemistry on the field, it's worth paying attention to. Okay, guys, I want to do one player on both sides of the ball that we're excited to watch. And so, Craig, uh, I want you to start. Let's go on offense. I'm gonna make you go on offense. You've been you've been kind of you've been kind of nudging your way into the offense. I'm gonna become obsolete pretty quick. So, give me one guy on offense you're excited about. Uh, Jarek McKinnon. Uh, I think Jerick McKinnon solidified his spot on this roster in preseason week one, if not before. I mean, Chiefs probably had him, you know, in Sharpie before then. But the way he played in special teams, the way he looked catching the ball and his the the positioning and pass protection and the willingness in pass protection. Not the biggest guy in the world, but watching him line up Zayvon Collins and slow up that pass rush was excellent. I mean, that that's about all he can do for a guy that size. I think we're going to see a lot more of him just because, you know, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Daryl Williams are out. So get Jerry McKinnon some snaps, get him a little more comfortable running the ball, get his legs back under him a little more. He's looked good so far in the preseason. I want to see a little bit more of it. Well, Craig, Isaac asked a really good question. Does McKinnon get the Jet nickname or does it still belong to McCole Hardman? Ooh, I think they got a race for it and McCole's probably <laughs> going to keep it. So... I think they should both dress up as like people from Top Gun and see who pulls it off better. Oh, <laughs> and that can be the deciding factor. Um, Nobody dress for, up as Goose, <laughs> unless you want to be cut. <laughs> Jesus, where are we going with this? Um, so, for me, the offensive guy that I most look forward to watching—it's actually two guys. I know I'm cheating, but it's the position battle between Noah Gray and Jody Fortson. I think, oddly enough, to me. They've both been impressive in the opposite way that I thought. So I think Jody Fortson looks more ready to play right now than Noah Gray does. I think he shows kind of a higher IQ and understanding of the offense in the NFL game, which maybe isn't a surprise because he's been around for a couple of years 
but he's new to tight end. But he just looks more comfortable, whereas I think Noah Gray looks like a better mismatch weapon. He looks more athletic. He looks more difficult for tight ends to keep up with, or even defensive backs than Jody Fortson does with just his agility. So like, I just want to see how those two guys finish this preseason, because I think they do both make the roster. I'm just intrigued by on week one when the Chiefs do go with two pass-catching tight ends on the field at one time or three tight ends, who joins Travis Kelsey and Blake Felt? And week one, is it Jody Fortson because he's more comfortable or is it Noah Gray because they're trying to get that upside and that talent on the field? I think that's really got my attention right now. And I have been very impressed. I've been hard on Jody Fortson since the you know everybody else has fallen in love with him from his first camp practice ever. It's taken me a while. But the effort that he's put in the transition to tight end, the effort he gives out there on the game, I mean, the fact that he outmuscles third stringers as a 225, 230-pound tight end is impressive. Like, he's gotten to that point. He has very much impressed me, and I think he's going to make the team. I think in week one, he should get more reps than Gray. I just want to see who push, makes a last-second push in this game. Huge credit to him for his transition. Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously, that... That was, I mean, it's, it's been impressive. I was on the radio today talking about that. It's just like the wild transformation of Jody Fortson, the willingness to do little things to put himself in this position to potentially earn a roster spot has been really impressive. I mean, if he he's uh, he's really, you know, he's made big strides according to Dave Tobe on special teams, and ultimately that's his role. I mean, that's what that's what you've got to you know, his most and the most of his snaps are probably going to come on special teams if they come anywhere. And I even said this week. I wouldn't be stunned uh, if if Jody Fortson is an active roster player in week one. This may mm-hmm. not be a Ricky Seals-Jones situation. Is he getting that active roster spot over Noah Gray in week one? I would not be stunned. Well, that's what I said. That's where I'm kind of leaning at this point in time. And much to my surprise, I do think that he's... I The NFL game looks like it's moving a little too quick and a little too big for Noah Gray right now. I still see the talent. Like I see where the upside is and I still very much like the player. It just clearly to me, it looks like there is going to be a little bit more of a learning curve than I expected. Whereas Fortson seems like he's conquered that. I don't think they share a lot of similar skills, but I do think that Fortson just understands the NFL game right now a little bit better. And we kind of theorized all off season, the chiefs wide receiver room, not having a clear cut wide receiver two or three may not be a big deal if they transition to using more two tight end sets, especially with two pass catchers. Maybe Jody Fortson gets in that mix a little bit before Noah Gray does. Maybe. I don't know. It's hard to say because he's, I mean, we're talking this highly of him. He's played deep into the fourth quarter of two preseason games. He's played against (laughs) third and fourth stringers almost exclusively in the preseason. It's just, it's something that's out there. He's looked good. So your best ability is your availability. And a guy that's been available and my guy to watch this week has been the right tackle for this football team, the first two preseason games in Lucas Niang. This is the last chance for Lucas Niang, I think, to you know get that opportunity with the first team. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting to see if Mike Remmers gets back into the fold you know, once the Chiefs go dark after tomorrow's game because there's two weeks to go dark. And we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what the plan for Kyle Long, if they think Kyle Long is, if they can get him back up to speed, if he's active, he's practicing. Do they think that Lucas Yang has done enough to fight off Mike Remmers, who has been unavailable, and Kyle Long, who's been unavailable? You know, both of those guys are veterans. It's going to be interesting to see if this team is planning on starting three rookie offensive linemen right next to each other, or are they going to want to sprinkle in another veteran over there let Trey Smith and Creed Humphrey man the guard and center position. I'm I'm very curious 
about that. That's something that like I, you know, Lucas Dieng, he's played better. I think he's gotten better. Um, you know, from when we first saw him in training camp, I think his, you know, he's, he's done some good things in the games. It's not like, it's not a slam dunk. I don't think at the right tackle position that he absolutely secured it. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how he plays in a big week for him. And if there is some big decision made, uh, you know, between this time we see him in two weeks from now when the Chiefs actually play uh, a real game. Maddie, do you, th- I'm just going to ask you, do you think Lucas Dieng has locked this position up? Do you, could you see a, a very surprising change before week one, or is this Lucas Dieng's job? I think it's Lucas Dieng's job. And I can't speak to if he's played into that role. I don't know if he would have taken this from a healthy Mike Rivers or not. I don't think we, without being in the building, sure. have any way to That's tell. Fair. But mm-hmm. since he's been there, in the games that we've seen, it doesn't look like you've seen anything that wants to make you panic and go back to Mike Rimmers. At this point in time, Lucas Niang has played with more reps next to Trey Smith. Maybe maybe it's Trey Smith and Lucas Niang work better together than Mike Rimmers and mm-hmm. Trey Smith did as well. I mean, mm-hmm. there's so many different things that could go into this. But I mean, through two preseason games, now the Chiefs haven't faced any starting defensive ends, I don't think, at all during that stretch. That really seems mean. No one's really threatened either corner. (laughs) Yeah, Lucas Niang's job. I mean, he's been fine. He's been absolutely fine, bordering on good in these games. He's been him and Trey Smith as run blockers have been really good. I don't think Mike Rimmers could replicate that if he stepped in. So yeah, I think this is Lucas Niang's job. So for fans, I think this is the best case scenario. Maybe even the team in the long run, if it pans out but you get to see sure. the three young cost controlled long-term answers start playing with each other from day one for as long as they can hopefully afford them. Like that's what we want. And that's what I think we're going to get. I just want to, before we move on to defense, I want to shout out Prince Tigo shutting down Kenny. I can't say his whole name on this podcast. Willicus in this particular game in the third quarter, it's going to be really, really fun. So <laughs> keep an eye on that matchup. Can you give uh, Kenny's initials? No, I can't. Not off the top of my head. <laughs> it's a long name. Uh, it's a long name. I the Pat. I think the if the yes, the ideal scenario is all four of these rookies locking up these spot for the next four years because I believe that would carry Patrick Mahomes into his thirties with three of those positions locked up along the offensive line. I don't want to think about Patrick Mahomes being thirty. He's going to be twenty four the rest of his career. Uh, last time I checked, let's talk about defense. 30's young. 30's not young in football, Craig. It's, I mean, I guess it is, but I'd rather him just be, you know, 24. Uh, let's talk about defense. And Maddie, I want you to go and give me a player on defense you're looking forward to watching this week. If starters are going to play, I want to see Willie Gay. I want to see him actually get a chance to get into the action. I want to see the Minnesota Vikings maybe put him in conflict as a pass defender or as a run defender. Just don't run away from him consistently or don't do so in ways where he can't give chase. Don't send, you know, a response, something that he has to check the opposite direction. You know, just let's let Willie Gay have a chance to shine. I want to see what he can do. I do like that in this last game, he was on the field for all the two linebacker, all the nickel reps with Anthony Hitchens, or maybe all but one, but he was out there for the majority of them. That's a good sign. I want to see Willie Gay get a chance to make plays, not just look good, not just look like he's understanding the game at a much better rate than he was last year, but I want to see the dynamic linebacker that he can be, that he probably will be once the season starts. I hope this is the week where he really gets to show that because this linebacker group, the lighter Anthony Hitchens looks really good. 
I think Ben Neiman's looked a lot better in preseason games than he has years past. The extra weight really does suit him well. It takes away some of the weaknesses. And if you get that same level of improvement that those two guys have shown through two games from Willie Gay from last year to this year, this linebacker group all of a sudden might not be any kind of weakness like it was the past. Mm. um, Maddie, don't don't say that. You're making me uncomfortable right now. I I, I don't know what I do with myself. I don't know what I do with myself with a good linebacking core. Uh, <laughs> I want to see Josh Kando. Uh, Josh Kando, I think we saw in-game adjustments even in, in week two. Got beat on a read option midway through the third quarter. Turned around, made an excellent play showcasing his you know his flexibility and body control for a tackle for loss there, sacking the quarterback on, on that option play. I want to see more Josh Kando because you see the athletic profile. You see the way he moves is different than a lot of these guys that they're lining up at defensive end. And you're seeing him slowly into the game. As I wrote about earlier today, Josh Kando is one of those guys that if he hits and he hits quickly, it changes the entire roster construction of this team. It really, really does. So I want to see Josh Kando hit it out of the park, look excellent doing it and you know play a lot of snaps because he needs those live bullets and the chiefs may not give them to him until the very end of this year but if they can really solidify that position for 2022 or at least a rotational piece of that position for 2022 and josh kando that alleviates a lot of the concerns that i have about this roster kando and tim ward baby oh yes we had a we had a question from marshall sheets odds on chris jones becoming a demon and winning the defensive player of the year. I mean, they're, high. they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're high and they shouldn't be. I, I, and, or wait, wait, high, low, whatever the case may be. Vegas is disrespecting him. That's what I mean <laughs> by that. How about that? Chris Jones has just as much right to that defensive player of the year as anybody else because he's going to get advantageous matchups. He looks good at defensive end. He's going to get plenty of pressures and sacks as a defensive tackle as well. Like, buy all in on Chris Jones. He has looked ultra awesome this preseason. Yeah, I would say, I think Aaron Donald should be your kind of lock to win defensive player of the year every single season. I think voters get fatigued of voting for the same guy over and over again. And I think this year, Chris Jones not only looks better than ever, he's going to be in a position to be better than ever. I would 100%, if you gambled on sports, I would 100% go bet on Chris Jones winning defensive player of the year. I really do think that you're going to get good odds on it if you do it right now. And I think there's going to be a good chance. I just, he's looked different this year. And I think he's going to get the JJ Watt treatment to where he always lines up over his best matchup. He uh, he can his his ability to rush outside is better than I thought it would be, very quickly, and that that progression has been very, uh, very impressive. Uh, okay, but but the up. cat jumps in and says the Chiefs suck. Can't spell the Chiefs right. Can't use punctuation. Uh, go Browns. Chiefs well, with an but, ei. But the cat woke up feeling dangerous and drunk, and I think that sums up that entire comment. That guy's vindictive. That guy's vindictive and bitter that he lost to Chad Henney in the playoffs. Or I'm sorry, his team lost to Chad Henney. Newly inked up Chad Henney. No, I think that's a very fun, it's a very fun opening week matchup between the Browns and the Chiefs. I think both teams will be challenged and it'll it'll be a lot of fun. It's just imagine not being able to spell the Chiefs and then being a Browns fan. 
and no and no space after the period like come on yeah you must be a bot can i give my player to watch or no um yes. yeah after the kansas city chiefs question of legerius sneed stats and where do you rank him is that came through? i think you oh, i think you'll be top 15 this year he just looks that good um i i don't i don't have any stat predictions because he's going to move all around the field so it's it's going to be hard for me to pin down exactly where he's going to have the biggest impact. He's going to have a lot of sacks from the slot. He's going to have some TFLs. He's going to have a lot of PBUs on the boundary, but I do think that he will be a household name by the end of the season. I told you guys rewrite everybody, all fans of all teams, rewrite your top five cornerback lists. You're going to want to put Legereus Sneed in that top five cornerback list. You're going to want to do it sooner rather than later. So you don't look absolutely silly by the end of the year. Yeah, he's he's looked incredible. Uh and you know, even I think the little attention to detail, some of the some of the stuff he's done in the run fits even have just been really impressive. It's positive sign for just, you know, working on the little things and being really sound and, and secure. And he's I think he's played great in the preseason. He's looked good. I'm really excited to see what year two Legarius need because he could he could be an absolute steal. And boy, if him and Willie Gay take steps and Clyde takes a step, the, you know, the outlook of this draft so far in this 2021 draft, these last two Brett Veach drafts, they could shape up very well, very fast. Lucas Niang. I mean, there's a lot of names there with a lot of intrigue and they kind of seem like, uh, they kind of seem like they're trending in the right direction. You love to see it. All right. My defensive player uh, of the game to watch is, you know, we talked about Bashad Breeland revenge game. What about the Mike Hughes revenge game? This team traded mm -hmm. him for peanuts, and now he might be starting for this football team. Uh, he has kind of gotten some of those starter reps the last couple weeks as an outside corner, and he's played well. Uh, he actually, I think, you know, he's got the physical demeanor to, you know, being willing to be an active participant in the run fit. He's not the best athlete. We all kind of anticipate he might be a, a, a Kendall Fuller type player, but he's he's playing outside. He held up admirably. I want to watch him against his former team. It's uh, you know, it's it's his you know, it's his chance at revenge too. And so, uh, yeah, it's the it's the Bashad Breeland Mike Hughes revenge game for me. Real quick, go around the horn. Score prediction for a meaningless game. We got to at least get into the rhythm of this. It's the preseason, but we got to make preseason predictions too. Well, I would turn off my camera at this point in time, but I don't know how that works in the live show, if I can come back easily or not. So I'm not going to, but instead that is my score prediction. <laughs> my score prediction is uh, Kent's number of hate words that he has for Kirk Cousins versus his number of praise words that he has for LeVon Mahomes. Oh my, that's a, whew, that's, that's quite the score. Uh, I will go 17-38, the Kansas City Chiefs win uh, because that's what I predicted last week. And that is going to do it for the KC Laboratory live game preview episode. Thank you so much for listening, watching. We had a lot of people live with us today. Thank you if you were one of those. Go ahead and just re-listen to this or re-watch it tomorrow if you'd like. We'd really appreciate that too. You know what else you can do tomorrow? Be on the lookout for... Uh another live show following your Kansas city chiefs, Minnesota Vikings game. That's a very good point. Make sure uh, you check that out as well, because we will be live for the, uh, for the post game show. And that might be a more common occurrence. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know if I'm giving too much away. Sorry if I did BJ. Thank y'all so much for listening, watching. We'll catch you later.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.